0: section ten of a history of the inquisition of spain volume four this is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dot org recording by Ss kim seoul south korea a history of the inquisition of spain volume four by henry charles lee book eight chapter five spears of action Mysticism season part ten the influence of Queen Christina, we are told, was exerted to procure for Molinos better treatment than was usual with prisoners of the details of the trial. we you know little or nothing, but as tortures were habitual in Roman inquisition, it was not probable that he was spared as his books had not been condemned. The evidence employed was drawn exclusively from the immense mass of his correspondences and manuscripts which had been seized the deposition of witnesses, and his own confessions, so that we are unable to judge how far it justified the conclusion set forth in the sentence, though from the manner in which that discriminates between what he admitted and what he denied, it is but fair to assume that it represents correctly the evidence before the tribunal. The trial was necessarily prolonged, in his defense, interrogatories were forwarded to Saragossa and Valencia in 1687, where his witnesses were duly examined. 263 erroneous propositions were extracted by the censors from the mass of matter before them, to which he of course was required to answer in detail, and these seems to have been condensed into 19 for consideration of the congregation petrucci was threatened and his elevation to the cardinalate september second sixteen eighty six was ascribed to the desire of innocent to save him from prosecution shortly afterwards two of the principal assistants of molinos the brothers leoni of como of whom simone was a priest and antonio Maria was a tailor was arrested then on February ninth, 1687, followed the arrest of the Count and Countess Bespiniani of Paolo Rocchi, confessor of the Princess Borghese, and of 70 others, causing general consternation, not diminished by the subsequent imprisonment of some 200 more. The congregation was doing its work thoroughly, and it was even said that on February thirteenth it appointed a commission which examined the pope himself a revolution in the traditional standard of orthodoxy could not be effected without compromising multitudes and the victors were determined that their victory should be complete on february fifteenth cardinal cibo the secretary of congregation addressed to all bishops of italy a circular stating that in many places there exist or were forming associations called spiritual conferences under ignorant directors who with maxims of exquisite perfection misled them into most pernicious errors resulting in manifest heresy and abominable immorality the bishops were therefore too ordered to investigate and if such assemblies were found to abolish them forthwith taking moreover especial care that this pestilence was not allowed to infect the monasteries there could be but one end to the trial every possible accusation was brought against molinus even to a foolish self rotatory speech made to the spirit who arrested him and his admiring certain anagrams made of his name one charge which he denied was his giving to a certain person the soiled shirts in which he had come from spain saying that after his death it would be a great relic he seems to have responded with the candour to the various articles denying some and admitting others of the articles the most important was his justifying the sacrilogy of breaking images and crucifixes depreciating religious vows and dissuading persons from entering religious orders, saying that vows destroyed perfection, that by prayer of quiet the soul is rendered not only sinless but impeccable, for it is deprived of freedom when God operates it, wishing us sometimes to sin and offend him, and the demon moves the members to indistinct acts, that the three ways of the spirit— Hitherto described by the doctors are absurd, and that there is but one the interior way that he had formed conventicles of men and women and permitted them to perform immoral acts and to eat flesh on fast days. He admitted excusing the breaking of images and crucifixes, he denied depreciation of solemn vows but admitted it as respect to private ones, and he had only dissuaded from entering religion those whom he knew would create scandal. He denied teaching that in quietism the soul becomes impeccable, but only that it did not consent to act of sin, and he said that he knew many persons practicing it who lived many years without committing even venial sin he denied also that quietism deprived the soul of free will but said that in that perfect union with god it was god who worked and not the faculties and when he said that god sometimes wished sin he meant material sin as distinguished from the former and that the demon as god's instrument to mortify the flesh and purify the soul causes sometimes the hand and other members to perform lascivious acts he denied condemning the three ways of the spirit having meant only that the interior way was so much more perfect that the others were negligible by comparison he denied forming conventicles in which lascivious acts were permitted and he had excluded some persons who would not refrain from them he admitted eating flesh on prohibited days, and that he had not perfectly observed a single Lent since he came to Rome, but said that this was by license of his physician. He confessed that for many years he had practiced the most indecent act with two women, the details of which need not be repeated. He had not deemed this sinful, but a purification of the soul and that in them he enjoyed a closer union with God. These were merely acts of senses in which the higher faculties had no part as they were united with God. When he was told that these were propositions heretical, bestial, and scandalous, he replied that he submitted himself in all things to the holy office, recognizing that its lights were superior to his own a sentence of condemnation was inevitable it was drawn of august twenty sixteen eighty nine on the twenty eighth an inquisitorial decree was signed embodying sixty-eight propositions drawn from the evidence and confessions which were condemned as heretical suspect erroneous scandalous blasphemous offensive to pious ears subversive of christian discipline and seditious they were not to be taught or practised under the pain of deprivation of office and benefits and perpetual disability and of an anathema reserved to the holy see all the writings of molinus in whatever language was forbidden to be printed possessed or read and all copies were under the same penalties to be surrendered to the inquisitors and bishops who were to burn them this was posted in the usual places on september third the day fixed for the ato di fede in which molinos was to appear under a heavy guard he was brought on the previous evening from the inquisitorial prison to the church of santa maria sopra minerva in which the atto was to be celebrated in the morning in the room next to the sacristy he was exhibited to some curious persons of distinction eliciting from him an expression of indignation construed on indicating how little he felt of real repentance this was confirmed by what followed explicable possibly by spanish imperturbability but more probably by the quietism which led him to regard himself as the passive instrument of god's will and superbly indifferent to whatever might befall him as long as his soul was wrapped in the joys of mystic death which he had taught as the summum bonum called upon to order a meal he specified one which in quantity and quality might satisfy the most voracious gourmet and after partaking of it he lay down to a refreshing siesta until he was roused to take his place on the platform where in spite of his manacles his bearing was that of a judge and not of a convict the vast church was thronged to its farthest corner with all that was notable in rome including twenty-three cardinals and the spacious piazza in front and all the neighboring streets were crowded an indulgence of fifteen days and fifteen quarantines had been proclaimed for all in attendance but in rome while plenary indulgences could be had on almost every day in the year by merely visiting churches this could not account for the eagerness which brushed aside the swiss guards stations at the portals requiring a reinforcement of troops and resulting in considerable bloodshed as the long sentence was read with its details of molino's enormities occupying two hours it was interrupted with the frequent roar of burn him burn him led by an enthusiastic cardinal and echoed by the mob outside through all this we are told his effrontery never failed him which was reckoned as an infallible sign of his persistent perversity the sentence concluded by declaring him convicted as a dogmatizing heretic but as he had professed himself repentant and had implored mercy and pardon it ordered him to abjure his heresies and to be rigidly imprisoned with the san benito for life without hope of release and to perform certain spiritual exercises this was duly executed and he lingered it was said repentant until his death december twenty eighth sixteen ninety six the day after the ato de fede his disciples performed their abjuration there was no desire to deal harshly with them and they were dismissed with trivial penances except the brothers leone simone the priest who had been a popular confessor was sentenced to ten years imprisonment antonia maria the tailor who had been a traveling missionary and organizer was incarcerated for life there was still another victim the secretary of molinos pedro peña arrested may ninth sixteen eighty seven for defending his master he was fully convicted of quietism and on march sixteenth sixteen eighty nine he was condemned to lifelong prison there still remained the publication to christendom of new position assumed by the holy see toward mysticism the sixty-eight propositions condemned in the inquisitorial decree of august twenty-eighth were printed in the vernacular and placed on sale but were speedily suppressed there must still have been opposition in the sacred college or on the part of innocent eleven for the bull coelesti pastor was not drawn up and signed until november twentieth and was not finally published to the world until february eighty eight this recited the same series of propositions and condemnation of molinos and confirmed the decree of august 28th the propositions condemned consisted for the most part of the unattainable extravagancies of quietism including impeccability and the sinlessness of acts committed while the soul was absorbed with god but it was impossible to do this without condemning much that had been taught and practiced by the mystic saints, and there were no saving clauses to differentiate lawful from unlawful converse of the soul with its creator. The church broke definitely with mysticism, and by implication gave the faithful to understand that salvation was to be sought in the beaten track, through the prescribed observances and under the guidance of the hierarchical organization. This change of front was emphasized in various ways. Innocent favors saved Cardinal Petrucci from formal prosecution. To the vexation of the Inquisition, his case was referred to four cardinals, Cibo Ottoboni, Casanate, and Azzolini. He professed himself ready to retract whatever the Pope objected to, and though the Inquisition held an abjuration to be necessary, he was not required to make it he was relegated to iesi and then recalled to rome where he was kept under surveillance he could not moreover escape the mortification of seeing the books which had been so warmly approved condemned by the decree of february fifth sixteen eighty eight many other works which had long passed current as recognized aids to devotion were similarly treated those of Benedetto visilla juan Falconi. François Malaval and of numerous others, even the Opera della Divina Gratia of the Dominican Tommaso Minghini, himself Inquisitor General of Ferrara and Order of the Ligole del tribunal Tribunale de Santo Officio, which long remained the standard guide in the tribunals. What had been accepted as the highest expression of religious devotion had suddenly become heresy. Apparently, it was not until May 1689. That instruction was sent to everywhere to demand the surrender of all books of Molinus and to report anyone suspected of Molinism. End of section ten